0: Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the diva tech talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it, so on with the show. All right, welcome back, Tech Divas and Allies. We are here with Margot Miller. I am so excited to be on the show with her. I know everyone always says that, but Margot has been an outstanding MC for Women Tech Global Conference, which she hosted just recently, so I'm kind of still... Uh, Feeling on fire from that conference, just all the energy from it. So to be sitting with her on this podcast is absolutely amazing. I shared uh, some of those stages with her as we've helped with that great event. If you haven't checked it out, we will definitely link to it. But on her full-time gig, Margot Miller is the head of community at TopTal, focused on connecting TopTal's exclusive, highly vetted, awesome fully remote workforce of top talent from around the world through networking events, different pro bono events, mentorship, and more. She has over 11 years of experience building different networks and partnerships in community engagement and has a great Interesting background, which we'll talk about in a minute. She oversees in her current day job program direction, working in the tech industry and startups, and uh, she is really all about both personal and corporate social responsibility, which is another thing we share in common, and she founded the Manitoba Women in Tech Group, which is an advocacy for diversity in tech and digital literacy and accessibility, And she's the host and producer of Start Canada podcast. If you haven't seen it, very beautiful podcast where she interviews startup founders, innovators, thought leaders from the heart of Canada, my neighbor here from Michigan. So talking about all the things and finding out how they launched and grew their big ideas. So we share a lot in common. So we're just going to have a great conversation today. Thanks for joining, Margo.
1: Oh, my gosh. So fun. And it's so funny to hear you say all that stuff, Nicole. I know, you know, I'm used to the other side of the coin where I'm introducing people like you were saying. I got to hang out with you on stage and introduce speakers like you from around the world at the Women Tech Conference recently, which was a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, it's so funny to be on the other side of things.
0: Well, there's always something we miss in the bio. Do you have any fun facts that you could share? As you mentioned, bios are usually this... uh, very polished top of the top and you earned it. So part of our show is celebrating success. And so quick pause to celebrate you snap over to you for being amazing. But what are we missing? What other fun stuff can you tell us about Margo?
1: Oh my gosh. So fun, Nicole. You're totally right. There's for sure things I used to have on there that have scraped away over the years. There's some fun stuff. When I first was like staring at tech gear. So well before I had the podcast, I was like 17 or 18. And I actually did the voice of a cartoon, which is like the funniest job, um, but it got me comfortable on the mic, which then like eventually I think, you know, led to podcasting and some of the stuff I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, that's a fun one. I also used to sell um, custom wine cellars around the world. So I have, um, I have my W set level two, like wine education and all these like really cool things that have nothing to do with the tech industry that I'm in now, but uh, are a lot of fun.
0: What was the character?
1: Oh my gosh. I was... There were five of us in every episode. We were like the main kind of main kids on the block. We were kind of like, we were characters. They weren't humans per se. Um, And my character could, had superpowers that I could hear really far away.
0: (laughs) Did you change your voice in anything fun? A
1: little bit, a little bit. I don't think I could do it now because this was like ages ago now, Nicole. But every episode I had my line was, I can super hear it. Yes, (laughs)
0: yes, that is so awesome. Well, you've come a long way from building wine cellars and talking like a cartoon, which are two things I would love to explore with you in Napa over some wine. I think we can have super hearing and talk about technology of wine. Let's
1: strategize for that one, Nicole. Yes,
0: yes, for sure. But you do get to hear a lot of topics, so you're exposed. Women Tech Global Conference is a great. Sampling of a million different things that we could talk about. But our show is here to give success secrets that you have found in your life and your career and your journey and your conferencing <laughs> that can help tech divas get better. So is there something that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the very first thing that comes to mind is just like even from my story, what people probably already are piecing together is that I didn't go to school for a technical role. Um, but You know when you when you're at all these events and you're in these communities and you're just kind of listening and paying attention like if you're listening to this show and you're not in tech yet and you're thinking like these women all sound really cool like maybe that could be me one day i think it's like just yes it can is the very quick you know narrative because like i you know i'm a good example of that i it was it's a cool industry it's growing really fast if you you know most lists that you look up if you're searching it online will tell you that it or information technology is amongst the fastest growing industries So you're looking at like even jobs around like computer support even, just the people who are physically supporting individuals like replacing or updating their computer software, their equipment, even just that industry is growing by 12% over the next decade, they're saying. Um, And that's not even us getting into data analysts, e-commerce, digital marketing. And like, that's the thing, right? Tech is not just programming. There's so many roles around it. And there are these huge, fast moving tech companies that are so exciting to work for, and you don't necessarily need to be in like a really heavy technical role to get in. You can you can get there eventually if you want to, but there's a lot of ways to kind of break into the industry without needing to necessarily feel like you're really far from that kind of really technical function.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's key that we sell that or speak to that because I think too often people think that you have to be in the basement coding at a young age. In fact, I did yeah. an interview once where they were like bioing me and I was like, "Hey, I absolutely was not the kid building computers in my basement when I was like in third grade." And they misquoted it on the article and said I was like building computers that in my basement. you were basement. the opposite. oh no. And I was like, "Ooh, did that publish?" And they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "That is not correct."
1: That is the opposite. But we're opposite just going to roll with it. <laughs> But no, but it's it's important to have the narrative that was what it should have been there for you, right? Which is like, there's different ways you can get into it without it necessarily being like what you grew up doing. Even when I got into tech, like a little more about my story there, I was recruited out of the wine cellar industry that I was in, into a role at like a really rapidly changing tech startup. They were doing facial recognition and people tracking technology. Um, so like sensors, paying your phone, that kind of stuff. So you could track people's passage, like where they were going. In international airports around the world. And so I was coming from basically what was the manufacturing industry, specifically like marketing and sales. And that's like a whole other conversation to move into tech and, you know, all that to say, the transition was not all that bumpy for me, right? Like if you want to learn you're gonna pick something up, and again, like I was in a role where I was in like a support function because it was a startup. I was kind of the person who captured like everything other than what the really technical team was doing. So we had our database people, our architects, our our um, you know analytics people that were looking at all this data that we were assessing and tr- tracking people at airports, and I was there to do like all the surrounding efforts and. I think the biggest thing for me was learning the language of technology. So I think, you know, listening to shows like this and just participating in events like the Women Tech Global Conference we were at recently, if you're starting to listen to that language, you're already ahead of the game. That was the hardest thing for me when I was younger getting into it.
0: So we all talk about finding your passion and going from there, which is interesting, right? How did you bridge that from one to the other? And what are you finding that you're passionate about now?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think you named some of the things I love about it, but it is interesting, right? Because you hear that story and you're kind of like, well, did she have the passion for it? Like, where is the connection between the two? And you can, you know, you can look this up to the concept of transferable skills. And I think like more women, if they're thinking of getting into tech, need to kind of like put that down on paper because we all have skills that are amazingly effective to move into the tech industry. And we just maybe don't see them like at first glance. And, I, and I'm gonna like, I'd love to get into some of those, you know, with some of the time that we have here today. But it, for essence of this question as far as passion, I was passionate about connecting people, about like making a difference, about you know, being able to engage groups of people. And so now in my role as head of community, you know, that all really makes sense. It all kind of laddered up to where I am now. But in the meantime, when I was in this like crazy tech startup at the time that was really kind of wild, wildly changing all the time. I got to travel with it. We were doing major events and shows like around the world. And we went into the acquisition phase while I was with them. And so I got to kind of manage the due diligence knowledge transfer when we were being acquired. And again, that's where like the my tech language really had to skyrocket. I had to learn quickly to help transfer all that knowledge. Um, But yeah, you just I think I'm one of those people, Nicole, who just I find passion in what I'm doing Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. I'm just kind of innately a passionate human being. You can probably tell by the how excited I get just talking about anything yeah. with you. <laughs> I think
0: we both share that. Totally. <laughs> like, gonna blow it up here. And I do wanna talk about transferable skills. I think many people are afraid to come into the field of technology because you haven't built the computer in your basement in third grade. But I came from a service industry background, years of waiting tables. And so it's easy to use those skills of customer first, problem solving, thinking on your feet, working as a team, getting creative, customer first attitude. Those are all things that I use every day in my role as an engineering leader. Like those are key in serving any customer. What are some good examples you have of transferable skills?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's such a perfect example. I think the biggest one is the misconception that a lot of people have, and a lot of women and girls, um, that is that tech is not creative. I think that a lot of people think of technology, and that's wrong, right? Let, let's just make sure our words, like to your example, let's make sure the words are the right, right, right way around. Tech is creative. Technology is consistently presented as this like polar opposite of humanities, of the arts, you know, right? It's, it's being portrayed as the opposite. And even there's studies that show that like many women wouldn't consider a career in tech because it's not creative enough, but the opposite is, is actually true. The ideas and vision that you bring into technology allow for huge amounts of creativity. It's like everything we touch now has technology as an aspect of it. If we don't have creative, creativity in there, like, what are we creating? Right? So, you know, that's the biggest one. I think another one that kind of goes with that is this concept that technology is not collaborative you know, again, in fact, technology is collaborative. This is another myth in tech that conjures up this image of like sitting alone in the basement behind a computer programming. You know, this is not the case anymore, right? Like maybe you knew someone at one point in time that that's not the case anymore. Tech needs people at its center. Innovation can't happen without relationship building, with teamwork. And and we need women in there too, especially, right? Because if we're creating all these products and we're just creating them with one type of viewpoint in mind, this, I mean, this is the conversation of diversity in tech in general, right? Not just women in tech, but we definitely need to be at the table. So this is me being like, get into it because there's opportunity and it's, and it's really, really exciting.
0: It is. And I did some studies for a book that I did on pillars of success. And I talk not just about the low numbers of women in tech, which has actually gone even lower in the wrong direction after the pandemic, because people were challenged at home, home challenges, kid challenges, lead Mm -hmm. to women leaving the workforce. But the main takeaway in the book was not just how having women on your team can build culture, boost productivity, make you money, but innovate. Like if we want to take on challenges, whether it be aliens, hunger, clean water, the things that we really need to do as humanity together, we're only gonna do that when we take everybody's views coming together and using technology to do it. So by having more diversity on your team, specifically in this case, women in technology, helping build those, it's like AI. If we have a bunch of uh, men, white men building AI, then that AI will be built with an inherent bias definitely want to second what you said the creativity is what drives that the collaboration the ability for women to lead conversations where everyone has a voice because you're giving a chance for everyone to be heard it's a gift that women have to make people feel nurtured included and heard and that is very important in all of the innovation life cycle of products technology and creation of Mm -hmm. solutions that are going to make the world a better place so that's a great example that you gave
1: and even nicole in what you just said i want to call out like one point because you were saying you know during the pandemic how like we kind of went down in numbers of women in tech but i think if i'm not mistaken the narrative is actually really that women went down in all industries right but because of exactly what you said because they had responsibilities at home and they were the one to kind of step down and take on that other set of responsibilities um so we definitely as women in the workforce kind of i think took a bit of a hit there but one thing that i think is really cool to mention with tech is that typically in tech, a lot of sectors outside of tech are still working this like nine to five kind of strategy Whereas in the tech industry, a lot of companies have upped their game more than I think other industries where um, people in tech can now work other places than just the office. Sometimes they can simply contribute from working at home. And so more long-term like this is permanent outside even when the pandemic is wrapping up. And so women can enjoy this element, especially for those that are thinking of starting their family or those already have one to find a bit more balance of that homework life effectively. And again, like you you can do, dig into the numbers. This is a trend that we're seeing way more prominently in technology and in tech companies, that flexibility.
0: Yeah, and the flexibility is driven by technology.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, the ability to work from home because you have all the tools that you need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But if they have to be captive behind their computer, sitting at a workstation, it's not going to work. So the ability to have anywhere workspace, which is not a revolutionary uh, Concept. I mean, I worked at Cisco for several years. I work at VMware now, to be fully honest. I mean, I've spent 18 years of my career in these communication industries where we've been talking about these technologies that allow everything to be at your fingertips, um, anywhere workspaces, bringing the apps you need when you need it. But it is a huge advantage, like you said, for women in tech to have that kind of access Because it allows us to be flexible. We are in a 24 hour, seven day a week connected world, right? So I think it's incredibly uh, powerful to have what we have in our hands. It's just a matter of how we culturally use it, how it becomes acceptable if you need to go nurse a child, or if you need to take your dog out, or if you want to take a call and walk because we're sitting behind Zooms for eight, 10, 12 hours a day, and you just want to be out and free. Uh, So you might be breathing heavier, but you're, you're working as well so it's incredible i do totally
1: breathe heavier if i try to walk and talk i always think i can do it suave and then it doesn't uh, it doesn't happen nicole
0: you're like, margo what do you think about that and you're like well it's funny because the voice does carry those little things with it yes the and nuances. they're like are you okay you're like oh no i'm just walking and then you're like well i feel guilty that i'm walking but that you're not we-
1: staring at your computer yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But you know what's really interesting too? And this is, I got a really, really cool opportunity to be part of some really big research papers at the role I was in just before this one, where I was supporting our Provincial Technology Association. So, basically, like a, a not for profit that's funded to support major tech companies or, or all sizes of tech companies to just thrive and grow so that we keep amazing companies like in our province and our country growing, right? And these exist all over North America, all over the world, really. The project I got to work on was so cool. It was all about digital literacy. And especially when it comes to education systems and how there's this like really varied access to tech and access to really connectivity is the bottom line of it. Um, if you haven't had, you know, internet access in your region or your area that you live in, then you're probably not going to be a pro at using a computer, right? Because you haven't had it. Even if you just got it recently, sure, we're kind of working to expand internet access across. We're both in North America, right? We'll use that as an example. but Um, But there's a lot of places really far behind. And so the the cell phone thing that you mentioned kind of reminded me of this is really interesting because they were doing all these studies and they actually found like in rural areas, um, because Wi-Fi often is so bad, people are using cellular plans and not everyone, of course, has the same income. We have a very like diverse population, right? And so um, people have like prepaid plans a lot of the time, many, many people. And so the, when you deplete your um, gigabytes that you have for the month, right, then you no longer have the access to scroll the internet, use social media, you know, watch videos on YouTube, whatever it is. And so what they're finding is um, students and people would be really participatory in the first part of the month, and in the back half of the month, they would disappear in these areas. And the reason wasn't that they were no longer interested, or they didn't care anymore, which was like the narrative, I think some people thought, but in fact, it was simply that their budget for that month had run out and there is no Wi-Fi, So they, they hit their budget way faster. Unlike the rest of us who can just connect our phones through Wi-Fi, Right. So there's this, there's this huge divide that we have in still in, in North America, huge. So, you know, this is a whole other topic that we can get into another day, Nicole, but it's, but it's really, really interesting. And I think that if you're listening to that thinking like, I wish I could do something about that or yeah, wow, that's so, that's so interesting. You know, there are, get into the industry because the more advocates we have for diversity and 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 support and equality in access to connectivity and in technology the more that we're going to be able to move the dial on things like that
0: yeah because we have people who've been there and they've have family and friends and they're from it and diversity is not just your sex or your race it's where you came from, where you've been, what have you experienced? You know, what types of people have you been around? Who do you surround yourself with? Makes me think too of this uh, innovation where they were like bringing buses that had the Wi Fi hotspot into low income neighborhoods and the bus would be able to give everyone a jumping point for internet. But it was someone creatively, when you talk about creatives being in tech, someone's like, hey, we need to solve this problem. And that's why, again, we want you to come and join us with like a little promo for bringing everybody in who might be listening because that's the type of ingenuity that we need to think differently and think in a way that gives access to everyone Um, internet access is absolutely key again the cisco background vmware it's all about that that connectivity to each and what's really interesting in any revolution like the industrial revolution you can't spell revolution without evolution and usually it's steps like in in north america in these first world countries where we've built, we've got a little bit of internet, you know, we had the AOL plans. Then we got a little faster, a little faster. We did evolve up through a chain. Whereas now you're having that whole AOL, this, 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 this. They're going from here to here. And it's like bringing it into these other countries and actually leveraging technology to grow ourselves and to grow our companies and to grow our economy and to, improve our planet and things like that that mm-hmm. is where it becomes really um important which, for our world
1: which i think like hits on another perfect misconception of working in tech right which is that a lot of the work you might not feel connected to it but in fact so much work in technology is meaningful work while you know a tech career might sound technical again like we were saying before we shouldn't assume that it's just going to be, again, like coding or building, building a computer, like building a PC all day. There's so much more to it. You can really have success in an IT career without doing those things. And I think that like a lot of time, women want to go into an industry or a job because the role uses like their problem solving skills that they're really good at. And now like, what do you need to be a good problem solver? Often that's the ability to empathize, right. To see the problem from all sides and, and with full understanding and, you know who do we typically say has really good empathizing and, and empathetic skills? Women. Like there's just so many amazing reasons why technology is an awesome industry or the tech industry, the IT industry, whatever you want to call it, why it's such a good place um, to find yourself a rooted home. Uh, because there and there's so many job opportunities. Like the vacancy rate for jobs in tech is uh is one of the best. Like you you want to be there. It's just evolving constantly. Yeah.
0: In fact, I think the foundation of design thinking, which is so common in tech industry of problem solving is user centric, like be the user, be one with the user. So you're absolutely right. It takes empathy to do that. Now, speaking about where careers in tech, pumping everyone up as we are today, you've moved into community manager role. And I think that's a really common place that I do see people jump. Into technology, actually, because they can transfer those skills. It's a very open way. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the community manager role, especially for a tech company, because they're common. You know, Microsoft has community leaders. All of these big companies have these different community advocates. And what type of day to day that looks like for you?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so depending on the company you're in, a role as a community manager, in my case, like head of community, whatever. There's a lot of titles, right? They are primarily um, found within like two major departments and it, and the role can vary quite a bit. So a lot of times you'll find our role within the marketing department because a lot of times it's kind of used as a way to like bridge the outside to the inside or if your community is external, like say you're um, Etsy, right? And you've got a big community externally, You're gonna want um, your community manager to live in marketing because really, it's like when your community is hanging out and chatting, you want to use it as a way to like bolster your marketing and your PR and like how people are perceiving the company. Um, In an internal head of community role, like I'm in at TopTal, we have thousands of really amazing tech talent, Um, and now we've you know we've expanded too, so it's cool. Like developer, our developer vertical was our biggest for quite some time, and now we also have project managers, product managers, finance professionals, and designers, lots of designers too. So we have this big mix, but still like a big bulk of it, right, as developers and designers. And so our job is to, you know, really focus on the talent, the success of those talent of those freelancers and amazing people like workers who are choosing to freelance with our network. Right. And so in their community role, we're really doing everything from like connecting peer to peer to mentorship, to programming so that they can like give back to the community or um, learn to be better public speakers or do like all of these really amazing things that we're upskilling once they're in with us. And so it's really exciting and super multifaceted, Nicole, and like a lot of fun you know, you certainly do need to understand the, um, what barriers people have to participating. There's, there's a very different level maybe of interactivity that people in tech prefer, because there's a really big range of like, whether people are introverted or not, um, compared to like, if you're building a community of people, again, like using the, I example of people who are like naturally creatives, who are putting their work out there, there's a bit of a difference, right? And so you have to know your industry for sure. Um, but it's certainly, you know, really exciting, a lot of fun and, and it's fun to, really dig into the human side of tech which this role is right it's really getting to know like what makes people tick why do they want to be involved what do they love about your product your service your company that they want to kind of like hook onto, and that you can give them more of and um and really it's just trying to give people an amazing experience at the end of the day through all these different avenues, and so yeah, I certainly have to be very creative and on the ball, and also really logistically like sound in all the decisions we're making. So yeah, it's 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 really varied, which you can, which is a ton of fun for me, and I think uses like a lot of transferable skills like we talked about before.
0: Well, Margo, we've talked about a lot of great things, and I think we should have another conversation because there's so much to talk about. But we talked about transferable skills, the power that women can have in the field of technology, how it is not boring is awesome. That's right. It is a space to be creative. It's a space to innovate. And most of all that, yes, you can. We welcome you here. Margot and I are your welcome committee into tech. Come on in, join us. We're at the door greeting you ready to connect you. And that's what like women tech net and the global conference do. It connects the different people together. So if you find yourself, you're not going to be the only person who comes from an artistic background into a role in tech. There's always someone like you somewhere. It's just got to network and find those people. But before we go, what last success secret or what do you want to leave our tech divas with that can help them get 1% better?
1: Oh my gosh. You know, Nicole, My tip, I think, is for people that are still at that point where they're considering tech and they're not quite sure and, you know, you nailed it on the head. It's like what Nike says, right? Just do it. Going in the tech industry is not something you will regret and you don't need a tech background to be there take that, you know, dip that toe, come on in. Nicole's mentioned some amazing places where you can meet other women in tech, you know, without any barriers of entry, come join us at some global, um, women tech global events, come, you know, join us on our platforms, tune in, like this is all things that you can do to just start meeting women. And just honestly, I guess, you know, a second tip I'm going to sneak in here is just reach out to people that you want to talk to who might be like doing the job you want or working, you know, amongst people or in the industry that you want to be in. So many women in tech, got there from collaboration, from amazing relationships, you know, meeting people like we did between Nicole and I, and just staying in touch. You can do that too. It is totally okay to reach out, you know, have a clear message when you reach out, if you're using LinkedIn and uh, you know, I'm on there, Margo Miller. My name is spelt wild. So it's M-A-R-G-A-U-X Miller. And on most other social media platforms, I'm Margo A. Miller. Um, But yeah, find me, reach out. This is what we do. We support each other, and there is, you know, there's so many opportunities for you out there. And we really, really hope to see you with us in tech.
0: Yes. So when you're raising a hand, looking for help, we will catch you. Someone will catch you. Just reach out, and don't forget to reach back down. Once you're here, it's the little things that Margot and I do as an example. We're doing these platforms. We're on these shows. We're hosting these shows because we want to create community here. That's why you're an awesome community leader, but I think you stand in your own right as a women in tech community leader, separate from your, your full-time job. It's really something that you're good at welcoming everyone in. And uh, I just encourage people to give it back because everyone's really looking when you want to leg up, don't forget that you always have something. Even if you're a first year in a tech job, you've made the jump, right? Who can you help? There's always someone who needs your help. Even if it's a sixth grade girl or, you know, a third grade boy or, a, you know, a young waitress at a restaurant, you never know who you will inspire by letting them know the great fun we have here and the fun we have on our show. So Margot gave her LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to reach you. Is there any other way that you want people to get a hold of you or any cool projects you have going on?
1: Yeah, totally. So that's definitely an awesome one, Margot A. Miller on most platforms. And then um, if you're job-wise, if you're already a fabulous person in tech and you're you've got highly developed technical skills already and you're listening to this thinking, well, that wasn't for me. I'll share those tips with a friend. But for you, you're ready to maybe explore. Freelancing a little more, drop me a line, or you can apply directly at toptal.com. Toptal is like short for top talent, right? So that's how it's spelled, toptal.com. Um, but yeah, ping me too if you have questions. And of course, as Nicole was so lovely to mention at the beginning, if you're in Canada or want to hear more about Canadian startup side of things, not just tech, big mix, so very different show than here, but interview style as well, we've got startpodcast.ca where you can find us too.
0: Wonderful. We'll definitely check those out. And this is a great episode to share with that person that you want to join us because we dropped a lot of great reasons to join tech. And again, I just imagine us standing by these doors being like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so totally. thank you again for coming on the show and uh, really pumping it up and hopefully igniting something in the women out there that they can come join us. And thank you so much, Margot. I sure will have more great things to come. Thanks thank again. you so
1: much, Nicole. Yes.
0: Have a great day. Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.